When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're not, by the way, uh, Al and Q, we're not live on Spreaker tonight, so something's going on with the app, so we do it the old-fashioned way. Sounds good, because I can't even, can even pronounce it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, here we go. You're listening to the What's Up Falcons podcast with Rock, Hoop, Q, and keeping it sexy, LG. What's up, what's up, what's up, and welcome to the What's Up Falcons podcast. My name is Rock, and I'm joined with my boy Q in the house. What's going on, Q? Fellas, good to talk to y'all again. No, it's yes, been sir, a long time. Yes, exactly. It's been a long time, man. You okay? Man, I had the flu and then I had JLB, but tonight I'm uh free. <laughs> you made it rhyme. Proud of you. <laughs> yeah. And we're also joined with keeping it sexy, Al G. On my shirt. What's going on, man? Getting ready for the rebuilding process once again. <laughs> yep. Move some, move some of these chess pieces around again, man. Yet again. <laughs> Hopefully, we can win a game. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you, man. Yay, yay! And, uh, and uh, Hoop and Aries Falcon are not our MII tonight. So, uh, MIA, sorry. And uh, hopefully they'll call, they'll call in, or they might. I said I don't know. But they might be held up with, uh, you know, with somebody, Caitlin or somebody. So uh, hopefully we'll hear from them, from them. But uh, but also, but hey, listen, listen, listen. Oh, I got mm-hmm. Aries in a in a, in a leg lock, Ooh. and I got a hoop in a chokehold. <laughs> Caitlin, is that you? Hey, it's me, baby. I'm here. All right. I'm just holding these fools down. All right. Hold on, Caitlin. We got to introduce some guests here. <laughs> haven't heard from you all season, so. All right. And also joining us tonight, man, we have sports and entertainment journalist Sam Logan in the house. What's going on, Sam? Live and uncensored. What's up? What's up? What's up? Oh man, good. We're trying good to get back on. We, we we're trying to get some answers, man. Hopefully, uh, you guys can help us with some answers. Absolutely, man. We need them. We need them. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have a uh, former guest a couple of times, uh, Atlanta Falcons writer for uh, Action Sports and News, Mister David Sheely, aka Deacon. The up- What's up, David? What's going on? How's everybody doing this evening? We should be getting excited for playing in the game this weekend, but obviously that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. But, you, you know, you, you sound a little young to be a deacon. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it comes it comes with the with the territory, man. Everybody says I'm too young to do a lot of things. <laughs> You're not too young to do a lot of things to me, sir. <laughs> I am delivered. I didn't know Caitlin was here this early, so. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry guys. I didn't read the I didn't read the show notes. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, all right, man. Well, last week, you know, our last well, our last show, man, we uh, we kind of talked about uh, you know the, the Philadelphia game and uh, and we gave a little wrap up so far of the of the season and uh, that was me, um, Hoop, and Aries Falcon. But you guys went on, so I wanted to. Ma- it wouldn't be right without finish it with finishing the season with everybody and getting everybody's opinion about what happened. I know Q wasn't here, Al wasn't here, and uh, Sam hit me up on Twitter, wanted to, you know, talk to give us his feelings, and uh, we hit up David to make you know. David always has such a good insight about Atlanta sports in general, so uh, I figured this show. You know, want to bring you guys on, and I want to hear your point of view about what happened this season, man. So um, we're going to do that. Now we can do good, bad, and uglies of the entire season. Would that work for y'all? Even though I, I kind of did it last week, but we can do it over. No, no, let's let's do something different. Let's just talk about the last game, that last drive. That's the one I want to focus you on wanna, the most. You want to do that? <laughs> All right, that's yeah. cool. Then we'll we'll just we'll cut out the good and bad and ugly then this week, and uh, we'll talk about that Philadelphia game, and then we'll talk more about what the hell happened. Take it from there. So, Q, since you set it off, man, what what's your thoughts on the Philly game when the when the birds went up to Philly? I mean, it was an ugly game for both teams, but when Atlanta got the ball late in the fourth quarter, and they, you know, I think it was uh, did they they get they got the first and goal right. Was first and goal, right? Anybody? Yes. 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 I think they the goal from the nine. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure. I said, "Well, it was an ugly game, but we're gonna win an ugly game." Here we go. And the play calling was just horrible. I mean, just horrible. I blame the offensive coordinator for just calling bad play at the bad play at the bad play. It's four down territory too, so you know you got an extra play. But I don't know what they were thinking, what they were doing. But I was so disappointed by that last drive. Okay, and that's where that's where I'm at. All right, what about you, Al? What, what was your thought on thoughts on that uh, Philadelphia game, especially the last one? Uh, it, it was pretty much the same thing. I mean, the the play calling, you know, it was just the bad play calling at the at the wrong time. You know, he just was not making the right. Uh, decisions at the right time. I mean, uh, none of the plays seem to be working, man. We have to get the drives going, but again, in the red zone, we died in the red zone. Uh, ended up with field goals after field goals, and and the execution just ain't there, man, when the play calling is bad. So, if you call the wrong play, the guys can't execute those kind of plays. So, uh, uh, when you're making those calls and the execution is it's going to be, you know, follow up behind a, a bad call. I mean, a bad play call. So it's going to be bad execution on top of it. Right. So that's the way the whole game went as far as the offensive side. You know, just bad play calling and just no execution. So okay. that's pretty much summed up the whole season on offense. 
<laughs> you know, not just that game. It's been like that all season. Yeah, indeed. Mr. Deacon, yeah. I, want, I want to hear from the Deacon, man. I, I see you on Twitter, man. You yeah. have some very good tweets out there, man. So I'm dying to hear your 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 perspective on this. Well, uh, everybody kind of summed it up with, with the umbrella term of bad play calling. Um, if we're going to get very specific about it, right. the Eagles secondary is good. It's good, right. but it's very, very aggressive. And one thing they love to do, and that I honestly think the Patriots are going to abuse come Sunday, Mm -hmm. is single coverage versus the empty set. And basically, uh, uh, last year we saw a lot of of Tom Brady going to to James White out of the backfield. They won't have to worry about that so much this year. Uh, I think this year you're going to see – Tom Brady absolutely tear apart the Eagles secondary with with Amendola and if Gronk is able to go with Gronk um, Brandon Cooks and it's really gonna I mean it's gonna be I think it's gonna be ugly I think this is going to be a terrible terrible Super Bowl it's gonna be only memorable for Patriots fans because it's gonna be the sixth one for them uh, six six championship for them but this to me has Super Bowl, uh, which one was that? Super Bowl 48? Yeah, Super Bowl like 48 written all over it. Because here, and, and this is, and this. I'm, I'm going to bring this back to the Falcons. This is, this is something that I think is super obvious. Um, the Eagles are very, very beatable. Eagles are very, very, I mean, it's on tape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, on, it's yeah. on tape. So we, we've seen the on Monday night, I think that was a Monday night or maybe a Sunday night, where the Seahawks tore them apart mm-hmm. and then <laughs> skip ahead you you see the Giants who were mm-hmm. injury re- I mean Brandon Marshall didn't play right. Odell Beckham was out for the year right? and they had over 400 passing yards on this same Eagles defense same and defense. Not tell me Sterling Shepard is anywhere close to Muhammad Sanu or Julio Jones yeah so close. what it boiled down to was yes play calling but specifically going to the empty set in man coverage because the Eagles are so aggressive in their secondary Jalen Mills and all of those guys are super they love to jump routes so this this is the thing when you look at the tape when you look at the tape the Seahawks when they tore up the Eagles defense they used the the spread formation um, um, the empty set 25% of their pass plays. 25% of them. Right. And they used nothing but rub routes. That's all they did was right. rub routes. Yeah. And not only that, and, and back when Shanahan was here, what Shanahan was doing, he was setting up those plays on the defense for the defense. So he'd run those quick slants here and there, especially when you're playing an aggressive defense like Philadelphia. You give him a couple of looks of that slant, then you're gonna, you know, give them a, a double pump, you know, for the for the D pass. So yep. once they jump that pass, you're going up up the field. But now nah, you don't know how to use those players that we got that would hurt us this season because Shannon, I mean, uh, Sarkeesian didn't know how to use those guys and set up those plays for the defense to make those kind of uh, you know jumps on those kind of balls. So he wasn't really setting up the defense, right. you know, for them. Yep. So exactly, yep. which is which is the issue because it was it was like. He had the answers to the test and still right. failed. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. On tape. So mm-hmm. we just you just talked about setting up the defense for double moves. Mm-hmm. The Falcons only called three double move route plays. Sark only called three of them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He called one rub concept, which by the way was that seventeen yard pass to Sanu. Right. Right. He only called, but and in total, when it comes to those empty empty formation plays, he only called five of them. Mm-hmm. So it's to me. You you're talking about bad coach? Yeah, it's very bad coaching. It's terrible coaching. I I, I mean, yeah. it's coaching malpractice. That's what it's honestly. Yeah. It's coaching malpractice. That's why. Yeah. That's you why be the Falcons. For that. You should. <laughs> that's why the Falcons. That's why the Falcons only scored ten points against a very beatable Eagles team. Right. And basically, while the Falcons only, to me, I think they only had two real victories all year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Sam, what's your thoughts, man? Uh, going, going back to the last drive, the thing that, that still eats at me right now is the fact that we knew it was four down territory. We had a chance to not tie the game, but to win the game. And Teron Ward was in the game. Why? I don't understand what Sarkeesian was thinking with that play, period. Tevin Coleman was getting six yards to carry, and we were on the nine-yard line. I'm not a mathematician, but it just sounds like Sark didn't know what he was doing. Uh, my thoughts exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. everybody's don't jump on. All right, guys, before we go on, I, I see uh, we have some guys who jumped in since we've been talking. Uh, we have Mr. Aries Falcon in the house, man. Glad yay, yay, yay. How are you? Thanks, man. I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I had to rush home from work, so you know. <laughs> That's what we thought, man. We, we, we know you were rushing home in that LA traffic, man, but I'm uh, glad you made it. <laughs> and exactly. we also have Hoop in the house. What's happening, Hoop? Oh, who joined in too, huh? Well, it says he's here. <laughs> here probably... Hear me? Yeah, there you go. There you go. What's happening, Hoop? Not much, man. Hey, y'all boys are cooking up over here. What are we talking about? Well, we got we got um, Q, Al, David, and uh, Sammy in the house, and we're getting their take. I know me, you, and Aries uh, gave our take on the last show, so I wanted to get their take okay. on the Philadelphia game, and... Uh, they're giving us our uh, their look on uh, look on that right now. So, um, all right. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. Though, I mean, Ward, why was he even in the game? You have Freeman and Coleman, and they're on the bench. I just didn't get it. I... <laughs> Freeman should have well, been playing know. in the fourth quarter. Freeman Freeman had a terrible day. I guess yeah, he, he was yeah. apparently oh. he was hurt, right? Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah, he was. That's what I was hearing. Yeah, he went 100%. Oh, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, there's some cuts. Well, allegedly, Julio was uh, uh, healthy all season long, but we all know that's not true. <laughs> the difference between Julio healthy and Devontae Freeman being healthy slash hurt is one of these people were on the injury report weekly. The other was not on the injury report that week coming up. So I'm trying to figure out where did this brain MCL come from? You took a page out of Belichick's playbook. Don't tell him nothing. <laughs> That's what it was. The hey. simple fact of the matter is Kevin Coleman 
wants to get paid as a every down back for something, this right. was his moment to prove it and start failed. Yes. Well, I think I think it's the fact that Freeman's not every down back. He's not. He's a small dude, but he's not work done. And you know, we saw him when he got his clock cleaned in that one game when he got up in the huddle and was doing the Muhammad Ali walking around. I mean, I don't think this dude is every down back. That's why. That's why they have Ward, and that's why they have uh, Coleman. Uh, I I I I kind of disagree. I think with with having Coleman and Freeman, it's a one-two punch because nowadays you kind of conserve being conservative with with your runners. Right. So, I mean, when you when you look at the league, everybody is now trying to copy that one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Look at the Saints. Look at the Saints. They they have Ingram, which is like a Demonte Freeman, and and then they have you know what I'm saying Alvin which is like Ward. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, that's cold. true. But you got two, you got two small backs. Usually, you know, back in the day with the Falcons, you go to the Bruiser. Remember, we had, uh, we had uh, Warwick Dunn, no. and then and Turner then we had, the, yeah, or yeah, we had Turner, and then we had a smaller guy, TJ, no, TJ had, Duckett. Yeah, remember that? TJ Duckett and that 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 Bruiser for 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 short yardage. Now we're at a point where you got two small guys. You don't have a bruiser for short yardage. You got three small guys: Ward, Coleman, and Freeman. I think they're probably all within ten pounds of each other, and neither one of them are a bruiser. Yeah, but when you look there's, at there's the guys on this podcast right now that more than them I, dudes. I've seen uh, Devontae Freeman uh, to hand out some punishment, though. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. No, he he work hard. Yeah. He, he does work hard. One on one with anybody is a mismatch. In the open Devontae field, was, yeah. Was, in the open field, yeah. But when it's goal line, he's not going to run even going to the over. Yes, he will. I think. I think. Well, I they suffered this year. They suffered this year. Devontae is definitely a, a short yardage if we use them in that capacity. Right. And he, with he, the fullback in front of him, he gets the third and two. He gets the third and one. Last year, he did it over and over and over again. Yeah, I'm not saying that he didn't do it. He can do it, but I'm saying is, it seems like we struggled in the red zone this year, which tells you there's something wrong with your running backs. And there's something wrong with the offensive coordinator is what it is. Yeah. The reason, maybe maybe, the, maybe that too. The but why they struggled in the red zone was because of play calling, period. Yeah. Play calling in the red zone was garbage all season. The Falcons were still in top 10 in offensive production, they just couldn't score in the red zone. They moved the ball down the field. Right. As soon as we got in the red zone, play calling stopped. We will run all the way down the field, and then we'll throw three straight down from the 20. The most garbage route. Not even running 10-yard routes in the red zone. Running little five-yard routes. From the Eagles... Like you heard the Eagles, they said they knew the, what what play was coming. It's just by watching film. They they, they knew it was going to Julio. <laughs> it was pretty. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Well, I mean, you know, it was just so it was just so inconsistent with the uh, creativity too, man. I mean, we didn't see Don Terry Don Terry Poe in the backfield in that last game. We didn't see the Hamamas uh, a new Wildcat. None of that stuff. So. The creativity was us up and down, you know, which we needed in that last game. Well, so. well, let, well, let's talk about the elephant in the room, or maybe not the elephant. Is, is Dan Quinn to blame for that, though? Well, that's what I'm going to get no. to. Is it? We, oh, okay. Let's talk about Stark, y'all. Let's just, just forget craziness. Let's just talk about Stark. We all know that Stark had a rough season, man. And I mean, going <laughs> forward, man. I mean, Dan Quinn's already said that he's coming back. He believes in him. 
but also they brought in help, man. But y'all think that's enough to get this corrected in what? How many months? What six, seven months? Wait, to my help by to my help by Greg Knapp because yeah, we had the, red zone issues with Greg Knapp too. Well, I'm, yeah, but at least she's familiar with the players. Some of the players, anyway. At least Matt Ryan. Well. Well, hold on, There's everyone. We have seven Barely. people on here, but let's let's all kind of like you know not over talk each other. But uh, if you have a point, just go ahead and start, and then when that person stops, the next person goes. Okay. I, <laughs> I didn't say I won't be quiet at the same time. <laughs> all right, I'll pick David. What do you What do you think about Stark? I think Stark is terrible. It's not <laughs> like it's not a secret. I just I really just broke it down about how he's, I mean, he's, that's coaching malpractice. I think he's terrible. And it shows how bad the Falcons really, really, really miss Kyle Shanahan. That they have to bring, like, oh, let's get Greg Knapp. And Quinn is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually have a say in offensive play calling next year. Seriously? So now Dan Quinn, Greg Knapp, and Steve Sarkeesian are trying to combine their brains to try to come up with something that will look like Kyle Shanahan. That's how bad they miss Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan should have stayed, honestly. Because Shanahan, even though he what he did in the final couple weeks with San Fran and was able to tear apart the Jacksonville Jaguars with freaking Jimmy G. And who was his, the top receiver over there is Marquise Goodwin. Um, <laughs> I think that's crazy. He's a genius. And my mentor, says, my mentor says Kyle Shanahan didn't call not just perfect games. He called a perfect season in 2016. Until the Never. Except for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Except, except, it, for the last, except for the last few minutes of the Super Bowl. Right. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, everything he did was almost masterful. What he was able to do against the Packers, what he was able to do against uh, um, especially Seattle in the playoff game, the way people, I mean, People were magically alone. How, I mean, it was it was masterful. And somehow, some way, the Falcons think that Greg Knapp, Dan Quinn, who spent those couple years with Steve Sarkeesian, and then of course Matt Ryan too, and then you know trying to get all these brains to come up with the Kyle Shanahan brain, which shows how much Kyle Shanahan is great. And I personally believe that Kyle Shanahan, had he stayed this year, of course the Falcons would be playing in the Super Bowl, but they would have definitely taken care of the Patriots. They would have taken care of the Patriots. And then I, don't they think they, I, I don't think they, that's true because Julio was injured all year. I think Julio was a big piece and Julio didn't can, uh, replicate the numbers that he did last season. I think Julio was a, a, such a big it's, piece. It's, but it's, it's not just the offense. I'm not saying the offense is going to just go off and score 40. You got to think about the, the, the job that Marquand Manuel did with this defense. This Falcons mm-hmm. defense went from 27th in scoring to 8th in scoring. Mm-hmm. They averaged, they gave up an average of less than 20 points a year. Or per game, and and if the Falcons, if the Falcons score, the Falcons averaged uh, 34 points in 2016. They averaged 34 points in 2016. If they were to score a touchdown less, so if they only averaged 27 in 2017, first of all, they would have only been the fifth best scoring offense. So if the Falcons went from the best scoring offense to the fifth best scoring offense, they still would have went 15 and one this season with how well the defense played. Yeah. So yes, I think the Falcons would take care of the Patriots in Super Bowl Fifty Two had there been a rematch. 
So let me ask you. Yeah, I still remember two okay. games that the Falcons okay. lost to teams were losing records. Well, let me ask this. So, Dig, so what do you think Shanahan did? Because, you know, we wanted to run him out of the city his first year as well. Yeah, see, people are bringing that up. See, that, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to kind of bring that in. I think so that... Go ahead, go ahead. So I'm trying to figure out what do you think that what he did to turn that around in 2016? Yeah, we we well, all, we all wanted him out, so yeah, he got used to it. That's a, that's my opinion. Is he got comfortable on with the players he had? He was able to understand what they can do on the field. So knowing that, it just changed. Yeah, they threw a lot more screens. They uh, Taylor Gabriel was a monster last year. They just they couldn't stop him, and this year he was not existent. So, okay, so I know what you're saying here. So you're saying he basically focused on those individual strengths on each of yep. each player. So he's kind of utilizing what they were really good. Was a factor. Say what? And Julio and Julio was healthier. Once people got to read this year, and we got to read on it, just being just being fans that Julio wasn't healthy. So you knew, okay, we don't have to necessarily double team Julio, and that's why uh, production fell off for people like Gabriel. What'd you say, Sam? Mm. Oh, um, I was just saying, Roddy White leaving, I think, was a big factor. He didn't want to block, and bringing in Gabriel to replace Roddy, that's a big change. Hmm. I wouldn't say he he was brought in to replace Roddy. But they, 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 they brought in Muhammad to, you know what I'm saying, replace White. Yeah. The thing was, Roddy didn't fit into what Shanahan wanted to do, so that's no. why he brought Gabriel. And, Han- and Shanahan appreciated his new toy, Julio Jones, and tried his damnedest to work with him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. He, he definitely gave Julio a lot of looks. Yeah, he did. Way more so than Stark. But Stark has already admitted that he didn't know the strengths of, of the players that he had, which is a bullshit answer to say when you, right. when you have a film out there. <laughs> I know a lot of film and this How team just went, right exactly. So mm-hmm. when they when they say that shit, I, I I'm sorry to curse guys, but when they say that stuff, that I'm like, come on, that's the BS answer. You motherfucker, you. Right. Well, well, I'm the playoffs, so you're not going to take a step back and get rid of the guy. No, no, you, well, no, th- but that's not how Atlanta sports goes. You know that we don't want to admit we that we're wrong. That. But we got there in the skin of our teeth, though. It ain't like we balled out and got to the playoffs. We got there because like of said, we got there because uh, of Matt that defense Bryant. and Matt Bryant, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> I said they got we got there because, because we beat was... we beat Seattle that game, and I think things would have been different had we lost to Seattle on Monday Night Football that night. We wouldn't even <laughs> made the playoffs if it wasn't for that defense and Matt Bryant. I won't give you the defense, but I definitely give you Matt Bryant. Come on, Q. You saw that defense. I don't defense. know what is you in that defense, bro. Like, you just hey. won't admit that defense. He's a hating hole of fame. Hey, so that defense was improved, but, I mean, look at all the penalties that defense racked up along the way. Look at how many more games you probably could have won if it wasn't for that defense. Don't forget, you lost to two very weak, weak, weak teams during the season. Who? Mm-hmm. Who? What was that what division we played? Please don't say Buffalo. Who was it? Buffalo? That was that BS call on the refs, though, because we all saw Matt had the ball in his hand. That should have been an incomplete pass, not a fumble. Yeah, that defense, that was another one. Saved who, us who, in the Chicago game. Who, who was the other one we lost to? No, Chicago game, we, we won because uh, 
Your the running backs dropped a wide open pass. No, we got that second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, in Chicago, but in Chicago, the game ended when the when the running back came out the backfield, was wide open. He looked to see if he was about to get hit, and by the time he looked back, he dropped the ball. Mm. I know Brooke Reed made a key key play on that too at the end of that game. But, but I mean, you make it seem like you know what? That's the player's fault. He dropped the ball. What are you ignorant? You know because, uh, because no, I'm just saying they, they got lucky. They just they just got lucky. Defense was hidden. The defense. You can say, you can say that about the defense. You can say that to about ten other teams. A lot of games this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You got to admit that, though. The defense looked a lot better this season than it did at the beginning of last season. Defo won the Saints game. Mm-hmm. Keanu Neal and Robert Alford won us the last Panthers game with their three interceptions. And where was Troop on? Somebody else. Where was your boy Troop on at this year? Not getting the ball thrown I don't his way? Know who that is. No, he's racking up a lot of penalties. Look at, this, look at how many penalties he had thrown against him. <laughs> Where does he sit on penalties, though, Q? I want you to see that. I want compared his penalties to all other corners in the league. So you get back to me with those numbers. He, he had, well, I'll look it up, but I'm he sure he had way more penalties than Josh Norman. Was Josh Norman even on the field that much? Played, <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you that one. Well, I mean, overall, true on the deep ball will hold you every time. Yeah, this wasn't a strong season for True Vault, man. Even Robert Alford. I mean, we're not talking Marcus Lattimore, you know. What was that? I said we're not talking about Marcus Lattimore. You know, he's the he's the holding PI king right now. <laughs> oh man, you ain't lying. Man, man, they getting ready to give him defensive player of the year, bro. <laughs> Fucking rookie of the year right now. <laughs> who who who's the highest paid defensive player on that squad for the Falcons this year? The highest play defense. Oh, or no, oh, it was, oh, oh, no. oh. was true fun. He got that huge contract, and then every game, penalty, penalty, penalty. Trash. I bet he, he was trash. Yeah. He had he had four good games where something that he did was a great contribution to the win, and there were other games where he was out of position. I know for a fact that we were talking about it in one of my group meets. He missed three touchdowns. He gave away three touchdowns in that I can remember off rip. One being Jarvis Landry. He gave up a wild open Jarvis Landry touchdown. Mm, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, gave up a touchdown. Just nasty. Like, you know, fact, it looks you gotta, like we got to be real. So Landry is he's younger and he's faster. So he just got burnt, plain and simple. Hey, that's technique. He made the wrong move. Jarvis blew by him. You can't do that getting that much money. Because people complained about Robert Offer's contract, and Offer has earned his money. He did. He did. He did this season, especially in the um, in the playoffs. Offer's got better, and I think next year he's going to be even uh, better than he was last season. So. Well, according to Pro Football Focus, Alford was uh, the third highest grade game in, uh, by a cornerback. Hmm. At 88 points. The Panthers, right? Well, no, I mean, just, just, just yeah, overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall in the playoffs. Wow. Number one was Troy Hill from the Rams, and number two was Jalen Ramsey. 
and then three was Robert Alf. Mm. But all right, fellas. Well, we all know well, Ramsey's my dude. That's the number one defensive back in all of football right now. <laughs> Ramsey's my dude, Mister Sassy. Mr. Sassy, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Well, hey, man, we ain't gonna go there today about Ramsey. Live and uncensored. Ramsey get a pass completed on the. He'd be like, "Oh no, you did." What did you say, Sam? I have, I have one point I wanted to add to to how trash Sarkeesian is. Before we move on. Um, just looking at Taylor Gabriel's numbers, Taylor Gabriel had only 35 catches last year with Shanahan. This year, he only had 33 catches, so you would assume the production would be similar, but the main difference between what Sark, what Sark was doing and what Kyle was doing is Kyle knew how to get Gabriel open. Gabriel had mm-hmm. almost 200 more, exactly 200 more yards last year average mm. five yards more per catch and had six touchdowns. Yep. Was, yep. But, but I still think that goes through touchdown. Julio, though. I, I think that goes through Julio. When Julio's no, healthy, no. other guys are no, going to ball out. And Julio was not healthy at Julio, all this season. Julio but, had 18... Julio had, Julio had 1,800 yards last year. Mm. Healthy. That's like, great. Julio's never healthy. Never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's never. Yeah, no, I'll be the first person to say that. I'm, I think Julio's never healthy. But this year, it was apparent that something was wrong with Julio. I, we all talked about it on the show numerous times. He well, never was on the injury report, but you could tell something was wrong with him. No, it was the offense being ran. It was the offense. That's what it was. It may look like Julio wasn't healthy, but it was the offense that made him look guys, sick. Hold on, I just looked. I just looked at Julio's stats. Do you guys know that Julio had more catches this season than he had last year? And yes. he also had more yards this season. Wait, wait, he had more yards this season? Yeah, more yards this season. Yards. Yeah. Wait, he, had he said he had eighteen hundred last year. Right? He had 14, it was fourteen hundred last year. He had fourteen hundred. This year he had fourteen hundred forty-four. That was in 2015. That was the first year. Okay. Right. This is also crazy. One, one more. Like some Bruce Irvin stats. <laughs> before, before we, <laughs> before we move on, man. One thing I wanted to say about Julio and whether he was hurt or not hurt this season doesn't matter, man. His hands weren't hurt. And uh, the ball landed, if I'm not mistaken, in his chest, in his stomach, a few times, and he dropped the ball. That means yeah, that his hand was hurt during the Eagles game. That means that he and Ryan, Matt weren't on the same page, man. And it was apparently, I mean, it was obvious. And Julio wasn't practicing, so I think go, this this season they need to get back on whatever they need. If if if. Ben, Big Ben, Rob, Big Ben, and Antonio Brown can sync up all the time and make crazy things happen. The two, one of the two best players in the leagues, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, should be on point all the time as well. But that's just what I think. No, I agree. Yeah, we cannot wait, Julio. You're not Say what, Sam? I said you're not asking too much. Matt Ryan is the MVP of the right. league now. Julio is. Top two wide receiver. It has. They have to do better. 
and that's on there earlier this season. There were a lot of underthrown, overthrown balls that Matt had, but towards the middle and towards the end of the season, Matt was hitting Julio. Right. Julio was not catching all the time, but that goes for all the wide receivers. Matt Ryan threw yeah. seven picks from them yeah. not catching the ball. Right. Tipping Hooper, the ball up in there. Yeah, tip balls. Taylor Gabriel dropped some passes. Yeah. Um, the only the only wide receiver that I can remember not dropping a pass this year was Hardy, but we can't use Hardy like that because he's too short. Right. He 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 dropped a couple too. Hey, how were Freeman's numbers? How was Freeman's numbers last year compared to this year? Or something I'm interested in. If anybody Devontae, looking up what we're talking, Devonte uh, got a lot less rushes. Um, this year, part of that has to do with, with the with those concussions he was dealing with. Um, he also received a lot less targets, which a lot of people were very upset about. Is because um, Freeman is a guy who, first of all, in 2015 he had 97 targets, now, which is insane. Um, a lot of that is because Matt was going, oh, "Where's Julio? Okay, bet I'm not looking at anybody else. Check down." Um, but 2016, there was a lot of plays that were designed to get Devontae the ball in space. Um, we saw him go one-on-one with a linebacker. Um, so some of that does fall on coaching. Uh, but Freeman, Freeman's numbers are down um, because of a combination of coaching and, and injuries, which I, I think is just, uh, it's just, it's dangerous, man. I, I, feel, um, I feel for Freeman's long-term health because he runs, when he runs, he always runs angry and he always runs to score a touchdown. I don't ever see Freeman say, I'm only running to get the, like, we need three yards. I'm just, let me get five. He runs, he runs because he wants a touchdown no matter what. Um, And that's a lot of injuries. And I wish he would run more like Warwick Dunn. Maybe he needs to study film on Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn, small dude, never got hurt. Yeah, he never takes direct hits. Right. He never took direct hits. Exactly. And and I remember I talked to Michael Turner. When I talked to Michael Turner at a game, he was talking about he only had, I think, what did he say, two or three documented concussions. But a lot of the time, yeah, he only had like two or three. And they weren't all with, I mean, they weren't even really with the Falcons. Um, A lot of those sometimes came from when he was with the Chargers. But he only had a couple, and he said in today's standards, it probably would have been more. But if you look back at his tape, Michael Turner was a guy who willingly ran out of bounds a lot. You don't see Freeman do that. And sometimes it's little things like that that can be the difference between getting a concussion or not. Because if you go back to 20, I think the 2014 season, Freeman had a super long run against the Colts to start the game, got hit. Instead of running out of bounds, he ended up trying to you know score, got hit, was concussed, knocked out of the game. That's a W! Um, mm-hmm. Michael Turner was a guy who willingly ran out of bounds. So it's it's just it's those type of things that make the difference between Freeman having better or maybe the similar numbers this year than last year. Because honestly, if you look at his numbers, Freeman, I think how many games did Freeman? He only played 14. He played all 16 in in uh, a year ago. Had he played those two games that he missed, he probably would have had similar numbers. He had 462. I will. And 317 this year. So I mean, that's that's about two games worth. Yeah. I want to go a little deeper into into what you're saying, um, Deke. Um, pretty much, the main difference this year 
from last year is there were a multitude of games this year where Freeman only touched the ball 11 or 12 times. Freeman is not that type of running back, and we're not paying him as that type of running back. There's no reason why Freeman should have only 12 and 11 carries in over half the games he played. When it shows that when he gets more than that, he produces. He had... Yeah, I, I, I agree. I totally agree with the, what you're saying right now. Go ahead. He, and, and against Detroit, he had 21 carries for 106 yards. Um, 24 carries against New Orleans for 91 yards and a touchdown. 22 carries against Tampa Bay for 126 and a touchdown. But then you look at against Carolina, he had 11 carries for 46 yards, no touchdown. Um, New York Jets, 12 carries, 41 yards. It's just like. You gotta, you gotta give the man the rock, and if that means having him and Tevin in the game at the same time more often, then that's what Hart needs to do. But at the same time, you're you're paying this man to start. You he can't get the ball twelve times. It's not gonna work. All right, man. Well, um, I mean, we know we got to, we got to figure this stuff out, and um, they've had their uh, Dan Quinn and Thomas talked about what you know their ideas going forward they addressed some things and they said that we well they say we uh under executed executed yeah yeah i mean and and excuse me bitch that's the way they put it right <laughs> more like underachieved overachieved or under how how they go underachieved underachieved and over oh, they say under, they say underexecuted but they underachieved Right. <laughs> with the with the staff that they have, they they definitely underachieve on the team. So, but what are your thoughts they, as far as going forward with this? I mean, you think that it is just? I, I just want to say one thing real quick, and it's the fact that New England has lost their offensive coordinator multiple times, but they still keep winning games and still keep moving forward. Now, I know going into this season, we had a new defense coordinator and offense coordinator, right? Right. And mm-hmm. you still you still you still went pretty deep in the playoffs. You still you know you still made a run. But at the same time, if you're going to be, a, you know, with the talent you have right now, you're a franchise like New England. You should be capable of making the playoffs exactly. every single year for the next few years. Exactly. That's my point. <sighs> yeah. Okay. You know. Valid point. If, if you use them correctly, like a New England. <laughs> right. Well, that's the, that's the part I left out. I meant to say that. If you use what you have correctly, you can do it. And we're doing it with some top talent. You know, Gabriel, yeah. Julio. I mean, those. You know, and uh, and uh, who's the other receiver that balls out? I'm missing one. Sanu. 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 I mean, some of these guys could go to other teams and be like number one targets, and you got them all on your team. And then Tom Brady is throwing passes to Amendola and other guys I can't even think of right now because because they're Chris. Ho- yeah, Chris Hogan and another guy I can't even think of right now because he's so a, not on the radar. Brandon Cook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, well, just look at it. To me, that, that goes back. What that goes back to head coaching. Bill Belichick, well, that's, yeah, that's is a head coach saying. that's involved in the game. Right. Dan Quinn needs to be more involved in the game. Dan, well, he's learning. You don't, you, don't, you don't see, you don't see, you don't see Bill Belichick writing down all them notes on that little card for nothing. No. Every time you put the every time you put the camera on Bill Belichick, he writing down notes, writing down notes. But, but you Bill know, Bill winning games. Bill, but Bill has a lot of experience, man. He didn't come out of the box being a, a, a dominating coach like he is, but he does have the focus, and and you can tell in this demeanor, and you can even tell in this demeanor that his players don't want to let him down on top of Tom Brady. So I, 
that's another thing that I thought. I don't, I don't think the the atmosphere maybe out there at Flowery Branch is as intense as it should be. I think it was a little uh, last days ago last year because those guys. It reminds me. It was a lack, it me but it was a but it was a lot of lack of lack of uh, discipline, man, and that that goes to coaching. It reminds me of when Jim Moore was here, when Jim Moore was everybody's friends and Jim Moore right. was running around with D'Angelo Hall in his Ferrari. There has to be mm-hmm. there has to be points, respect points. And Dan yeah. Quinn Dan Quinn is not getting the respect of that he needs to be, you know, he, he's too friendly, he's too much of a nice guy. The brotherhood, the brotherhood's good, but look at what Bill Belichick is doing. Bill Belichick is doing the Hitler style of football. Right. I'm well, the boss. I run this show. You do what I say, or you're out of here. He got rid of Chad Johnson. He well, got rid of Randy Moss. Well, hold on. Here. Top I, stars. I, I hear what you're saying, but let me ask David a question. David, I saw that you, you've been down there and you've interviewed uh, some of the players, Vic Beasley and all that. What is your take on being there in, in the locker room and talking to those guys and I don't know if uh, any of the coaches were around but what, what was your vibe? I mean this is this is a team that has very very good um, media training like we, let's take that into account too. Right. Um, the Falcons are probably like the best PR team in the league. You notice how no one ever really is in trouble that much anymore. Right. Um, I think the last time. I mean, when is the last time you've seen a Falcon get in, get in some legal trouble? Like he had to spend a night in jail, or maybe he had to. Go. So was it that? Was it that when that dog got killed? But it turned out to be it wasn't his fault. You talking about yeah, like Prince, Prince, Simbo. Prince Simbo? Yeah. yeah, that was probably the last time. Or some issue, but but what did the Falcons do? Haven got in trouble, and they said get out. Immediately, right. and it is same thing. And Collins, Jason, Collins, um, Jalen Collins gets there. He was a knucklehead when he was drafted, but they were like, okay, look, for for a little bit there, he kept that that knucklehead mentality, you know, on the low low. But then when it came out, it was yeah, get off. I mean, they don't. The Falcons mm-hmm. don't say that, and they cover things. They give you a statement, a bland statement, say this is the only statement we're going to give you. We're not going to talk about it. And it's, I mean, there's, they're very, very controlled in the PR field because I'm, I'm telling you like this after that whole thing when their starting quarterback went to jail after they signed him to a 10 year uh, million uh, $100 million contract they said this will never happen again and they, they have a <laughs> media staff and everything is I mean if you just I mean just go watch it it's not like my access isn't is it that it, like exclusive like it kind of is that I'm in the locker room with them right. but if you if you look up, I mean the the Falcons media people are right there. Like the Falcons, you you'll see a Channel Two microphone, Channel yeah. Five microphone, and a, a microphone with the Falcons logo on it, and that's the Falcons official website. And what they'll do is they'll put all the interviews on the Falcons website. And if you look through them, they sound all the same. They sound all they're literally the same. They're, they're the same. Mm-hmm. If they if they lose, if they win, you yeah yeah this happened and that happened and this happened and that happened and and um you know on this play yeah I totally messed up on that play but we got the win and that's all that matters because it was a team win and brotherhood this and brotherhood that. But let, let me ask you this real quick, Dan Quinn, super nice guy, and obviously a very good defensive coach because we've seen how Seattle's defense has fallen apart since he left. But is Dan Quinn with what he has right now, which should be 
which should be, you know, you should be making a run for the next three or four years for the talent you have now. I know Julio's getting older. People forget about that. Matt's getting a little bit older. Matt's been in the league, like, what, 10 years at least? But <clears throat> is, yeah. is, Dan, is Dan Quinn uh, a guy that can take this team the next three, four seasons consecutively to the playoffs or back to another Super Bowl? I'm starting to lose faith that he's that guy. I don't think that he is that guy. I think he had one good season. But I think I think next year they're not going to go to the Super Bowl. I don't think they'll. I don't see them going back to the Super Bowl anytime soon. And then on top of that, you got Julio and Matt getting older. What are your, what are your thoughts on that, David? So Dan, Dan Quinn is a guy who he, he's not. He's not the I can do this all by myself guy. He's he's kind of like Matt Ryan in that sense. Where Matt Ryan, good quarterback, right? But he needs help. Matt Ryan needs right. weapons around him. You look at Matt Ryan's best years. He had people around him. Taylor Gabriel, Muhammad Sanu, um, Julio Tony Jones, Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez, Harry Douglas, Roddy White, and a young Julio. And then you had the, the running game of, of Turner, Snelling, and Jaquiz. He, you know, you put some weapons around him, damage can be done. Dan Quinn is a guy who has, first of all, never been a head coach anywhere before he got to Atlanta. <laughs> he has never been a head coach. And then you, you but he, and he's he's an assistant. He's like, this is what I do. He's I do defense. That's him. He goes, I I do defense. And he trusted Marquand Manuel to take control of the defense because last year he told Richard Smith stop calling. Was play. that a mistake? Was that a mistake? To do what? To not call defensive plays, Dan Quinn. This year, hell no, no, absolutely not. Marquand Manuel will be a head coach in the next three years. He should be. If he's not, if he's not, it's because he is like best friends with Dan Quinn. But or or because they don't hire black people to be head coaches, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Correct. But honestly, <laughs> but, just hired to stop it. <laughs> but honestly, if like Marvin Lewis gets traded out and they want to do the whole, well, we need a black coach and they get Mark Manuel, the Bengals will be super good. Um, the thing, the thing is, the thing is, Dan Quinn likes to stay in his lane and put trust in the other coaches around him and keep that what it is and not have a say. But now it's gotten to a point where he's like, I have to have a say on offense because this is like really bad, but we can't say it's bad. Even right. though the fans know it's right. bad. Even though even though the, the what people call them, they call them Twitter scouts. The Twitter scouts know it's bad. You look at the film and like they, they sit there and they, they bought League Pass and they're watching film and they can see things that we can't really address because it, I mean Falcons Twitter and they know some stuff like some of them some of them some of them don't but some of them really know what they're talking about because they watch film and they say whoa I didn't see any double moves here I didn't see any rub rods I didn't see anything to set Julio up to go deep down the middle how come I only see um Muhammad Sanu going up the seam and on the same play you don't have Julio running up the seam he's running a slant or he's running a post or not a post, but a, a corner. So those are things that that Quinn is not like, well, uh, uh, like, no. he's Quinn is going to stick in his lane, and that, that's been his problem. And I think you pointed out to it last year, Q, where you were like, well, how come Dan Quinn didn't tell Shanahan to run the ball? Because Dan Quinn is the guy that says, yeah, I hired him, so I trust him to do what he does. And, he, and Matt Ryan, like I said, Matt Ryan's the same way. He trusts his coach. Like, they're very, like, this is, oh, I was told to do this? Got it. This is what I was told. I'm going to do what I'm told. You don't have to. I don't necessarily like it. I don't disagree with it. But the thing is, 
I think Madden has people thinking that everything can be audible and everything can be changed. And it, it honestly can't. Like, in the NFL, it honestly can't. But Dan Quinn... Dan Quinn alone cannot get the Falcons back to the Super Bowl. Dan Quinn alone didn't get the Falcons to the Super Bowl last year because he had nothing to do with what Shanahan did. But if he if he did, if he did, and if he stepped in with what Shanahan did, the Falcons possibly could have won because he would have said, run Freeman two more times. Because Freeman lost the, lost the yard on first down. He's, I don't care they lost the yard and we're backed up to the, to the Patriots 23. Keep going. He can get at least two of them back. If he runs for one yard on second and one yard on third, now we're at the 21-yard line. Just go kick it. And that's it. But he doesn't mm-hmm. do that. So, you know, everyone's saying it's Dan Quinn's fault. It's Dan Quinn's fault. Everyone's looking at him. Everyone likes to blame the head coach. Everyone likes to blame the quarterback because head coaches are supposed to have full control of the team like Bill Belichick does. Quarterbacks are supposed to be the commander of the entire offense like Tom Brady is. So, mm-hmm. but that's just, it's not, it's just, it hasn't been the Falcons MO. That's just not. But the, history, history shows, and Matt's been in the league long enough. History shows when you can ch- change plays at the line. That's why Peyton Manning went to Super Bowls. That's why Tom Brady goes to Super Bowls. Like, Matt Ryan should now be able to have that control. I, th- I just feel like there's just so many shows. differences between what we do and what teams that win consistently do. But we have better players than those teams that consistently go to the playoffs and consistently win Super Bowls or make you know make numerous playoff appearances in a row. That's the thing that just drives me nuts. Matt Ryan's been around a long time. Like he should be able to go out there, you know, and change stuff. The most impressive thing I've seen Matt Ryan do in all of his time as a Falcon was on that I think it was a Monday night football game where he said down set. And the guys that get set, he said, set again. Then he gets set and he goes, get fucking set. And they get yeah, picked up on the mic. Me, bitch. When they get picked up on the mic. And when I heard that, I was like, all right, I feel a little bit better about Matt Ryan now. But it, unfortunately, it took him saying fuck on national TV well, for me to feel better about this dude. You remember so Matt Ryan that Brady level and Peyton Manning level he at this does. point. Hey, Q. Matt you re- Ryan always cusses. Q, you remember maybe, was it last season or the season before that, we had Keon Carpenter on? And you, yeah. you, you're pretty much saying the same thing about Matt. And Keon said back then, he said, Matt is a fiery guy. You just don't see it. Yeah. And I, think, I don't care that much about fiery. I care about lining up at the that's, line that's and, have, and being able to audible. Well, that's, that's, that's what I care about. To what I was saying earlier is that Madden has people thinking I can just audible to anything. Some, mm-hmm. there, are, there are times where you are in a play that cannot be audible. But the good coaches with the really good quarterbacks, like Greg Knapp is, and like Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan is a good quarterback, Greg Knapp is a good coach. This is the thing. You give the quarterback two or three calls in the huddle, and you say, all right, these are the three calls. Depending on what you see, because you're a veteran quarterback and because you know what you're doing, I want you to call whatever you, whatever you see out there and then execute it. That's what should be happening. But even yeah, out of those plays. Out of those plays. That's what should be happening. So you're not wrong. And it's, it does drive people crazy. because it's, it's insane. But the thing is, sometimes there are plays like there's nothing we can do. We can't audible out of this. For instance, the fourth and two against the Eagles that ended the Falcon season. That is an unaudible, unaudible L play. I don't even know what the word is. But they, they couldn't audible out of that because the fullback was spread out wide left. There's only one play call in that formation. No, I agree with that. I know what you're talking about. I know. I, I saw that. I watched that play over and over again. I rewound. Yeah, you're completely right about that. 
So that that's that's the thing, and it, it will drive you crazy. It's gonna it's gonna drive you nuts. But that's just. Well, that. you know why it drives me nuts is because you shouldn't have your quarterback in that situation. Yo, that's Bill Belichick would have called Bill Belichick would have called a play that could have been audible out of. You know what I'm saying? Like he would have he would have he would have had a backup play. Bill Belichick would have been an empty set. Yeah, probably so. He probably would have been it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right. Well. We we know we know all the issues, fellas. <laughs> if we know it, <laughs> so let me ask y'all this really, question real quick. Because let me ask y'all. Let's say Mavs, then you go, Q. Yeah, yeah, go, Sam. I feel like Dan Quinn is the coach that Atlanta needs to win the Super Bowl. In in three years, pretty much between last year, I'll say two years, between last year and this year, he's drafted defensive players that fit into his team. He's developed. Two pro bowlers at this point in their second year. Vic was in his second year when he went. Hack looks like he's going to be disgusting. Like he defense wins championships, as they say. We we are building a disgusting defense that's going to get us wins. We have a great quarterback. Matt Ryan is a quarterback that can win a Super Bowl. We have a good offense, but if Dan Quinn does not realize that Sarkeesian is not the one, we're going to be in trouble. No, he knows. He knows. He didn't say it out loud. Trust me. There's a lot lot of things football teams keep on the low. They know. Trust me. They know. But he Uh, can't. That's a bad move. They brought Grant Knapp back, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're saying he knows that Sark isn't the guy, I mean, why would they bring him back? I don't get it. Because it's a bad move for PR. Right. I mean, it's like it's the same same thing with Shanahan. Shanahan did horrible that first year. They came back the second year and they were just ridiculously good. So I figured they give him one more year to see what he can do if he doesn't improve or it seems to look better this season then let him go but the difference between him and Shanahan Shanahan has been in the league this is this guy's first time in the league never calling the uh, pro offense uh, calls before so that's the difference between him and Shanahan and then all the outside stuff with him too makes you wonder about him you know the drinking and all that stuff Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that he needs to work on in the offseason it's his route concept. There, it was like I, I remember watching third, third and long. It'll be a third and eight and a third and nine, and it'll it'll be two or three routes that didn't even go across the first down marker. I'm like, mm. what are you doing? That makes zero sense. Like, it's only I, I, I wish I had the film right here, but it was numerous amount of times where the route concepts were just really bad. Yeah, yeah. a lot of that's on receiver too. He got to know where he is on the field to what the first down mark is. So they well, got to make those adjustments. They do. I think overall, fellas, I think it was just a bad combination. Stark is awful. You know, the players didn't. Didn't you would you would think the players after being in the Super Bowl the previous year would make the adjustments or just take it upon themselves to make these plays happen? Even you know it started off bad, but on the offense to to correct some of these things, man, to work with Stark to get him on track and include Matt coming in there and really running it since he was the MVP. We saw how it happens. We can't change it. It's over. Hopefully, going forward, we can make it worse. 
All right, fellas, let's start wrapping this thing up. We're, this is some good talk. I appreciate it, man. You're listening to the What's Up Fox podcast. All right, fellas, the Super Bowl's coming up. I know it's depressing. I'm going to watch just for the commercials. (laughs) That's my answer, too, man. I was going to ask you guys, are y'all watching, man? And if you are watching, are you rooting for anybody? Uh, What about you, Sam? What are you going to do? I'll be watching um, with the hope that the Eagles don't win a Super Bowl before the Falcons. Right. <laughs> so you want Brady to get six? <laughs> hell, at, hell! At this point, nothing is nothing is worse than watching him whoop far ass from twenty three. So give him six, goddamn it! He's the great. <laughs> yeah, he's the great. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's the only, only reason I'm watching is to see Belichick get that extra ring, get that six I, ring. I, I don't even know I if there's a six ring. Did he win one? Did Belichick win one before the Patriots? Before he came to the Patriots? I know it's only gonna be uh, Brady's sixth ring, but where are we standing with uh, with with uh, with uh, Belichick? Not sure. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, I'm to, mm. Well, I'm watching. I'm watching for one reason and one reason only. I like to see right Belichick. You know, get that sixth ring. I mean, he deserves it. I mean, if anybody's done more with nothing, this guy has done it. What about Bill you? Belichick? Uh, won two Super Bowls before he was with the Patriots. So yeah, I knew he knew at least one. And he, okay, wow. so yeah, so wow. Belichick's going for his ninth ring. I mean, that says a lot. That wow about yeah. him, his patience, right. and what he can do. And like I said, his offensive coordinator has been selling a lot. I mean, he's lost his offensive coordinator a bunch of times. Didn't his yeah. offensive coordinator go to go to uh, Denver? And didn't wreck out in Denver. Now, and then came but back. But now he's back. Right. And he's yeah, going to leave so. again. He's going to the Colts after the Super Bowl. And he's going, yeah. And, and so he's like but, Saban, but, man. He's like Nick Saban. Mark my words now. And oh, don't say no. No sense because of the division. But mark my words now. Bill Belichick will be back in the playoffs next year with guys who are not Julio Jones. Right. With guys you never heard of. You know he what? Make it work. You know why? Brandon Cook's a good receiver. We should stop yeah. doing that to him. It's the system and Bill and Belichick is like freaking Jason from Friday the thirteenth, man. You think you kill <laughs> him? Won't die. Yeah, he won't die. He's coming back, man. If Matt Ryan had a Gronkowski, would we have won a Super Bowl by now? Well, let's go get Jimmy we, Graham. We, we we had one. Yeah. We Tony had one. the best tight end in history. Yes. Yeah, we had Tony Gonzalez. Don't let's not let's not get it twisted. Tony Gonzalez is the greatest tight end I've ever seen. Gronk is not Tony Gonzalez, but like you got to think about the body that Gronk has. Like he's a beast. He's what Le- he's what Tololo should be, but he's not. Oh yeah, Tololo mm-hmm. yeah. is just tall. <laughs> That's it. That's, oh, that, but if he if he just had a little bit of the athleticism that that Gronk has, just a little bit, he would be more us- useful. But right now. I, I, I don't know what we're gonna do at tight end. That's the that is Let's the get, position I'm worried about. Jimmy. Let's go get Jimmy Graham. He's a free. Oh, we're about tight end. We were about. We can't back. afford him, Al. I know. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, at this, at this <laughs> point, who, I know. Who it. Ryan. Oh, why they they might as well just run the double the double running back. That was the biggest mistake right there was not signing Patrick Demarco because they wanted Matt Schaub. Oh man, how I missed him. That was huge because, and, and I knew it too. People were like, "Oh, it's the same offense. Ain't nothing gonna drop." The right guard and the fullback 
are, are were missing. And, and we saw everybody complain about right guard. And that was something that was something I talked about on the show. I said, there's no way you can lose offensive, dif- uh, offensive coordinator, defense coordinator and your fullback. And 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 go back to a Super Bowl, but all these guys yeah. on this show were talking about we're gonna go back to a Super Bowl, and I knew right away <laughs> you're not. I'm wow, glad you. we made it as far as we did. <laughs> no, but I didn't say this stuff. I know you did, but we did. I, did, I did say this stuff. But, but we didn't. But, but you're all, always negative, Nancy. Though, so like nothing new. The Marco I'm not negative. I am just keep. I'm just keep it real, dude. I was keeping real, dude. I wasn't. Like the I, Super Bowl I, run, you I were negative all season. I like, we we find a fullback that's deaf. Like that's just ignorant. Yeah. Is it got a cow out here? Is it got a horse? <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> For the one time, it's not me. Okay. Hey, Marco hit Freeman out a lot last year. He did. He did. Uh, yeah. That boy. That boy was. Like the highest rated, uh, I think, fullback in the league a year ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even the highest rated fullback, highest rated fullback in Madden, highest, I mean, everything. The boy was good. Yeah, yeah and he disappeared. He went to what? He went to yeah, Buffalo. He had, to, he had to go where the money was, man. Yeah. Falcons couldn't give him that money. Hey, Sheely, hey, uh, what, what, you watching the Super Bowl, man? Or what's, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll um, I'll be watching very silently. You know, I'm, as a sports journalist, I can't just get mad and not watch it. So you're not you're <laughs> not rooting for anybody. Nah, I, I mean, you know, I think the Patriots are going to win the game. Right. If the Eagles win, okay, you know, cool. I, I, their fans threw things at Santa Claus, so I think they're they're insane. <laughs> um, but I don't. I've never hated the Eagles. I I, I I disliked the Eagles for a long time. I mean, the Falcons, first of all, are zero and three when they go to Philadelphia in the playoffs. So, so every why, time why, the Falcons, why is that? because it's, why they can't win? <laughs> because 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 I mean, some things you just you never know why. You know, it's just it is because I mean, there's a lot of weird things. I just I just read that they don't play well, they don't play well in cold weather cities. But you know, but you know, but the thing is, it was it was colder in Green Bay than it was in Philly. Exactly, and just think that's when Matt Ryan was born and raised, and he won't ball out up there. But Matt Ryan, (laughs) Matt Ryan don't do a lot of winning in Philly. Period. So let's start there too. That might be a minute thing. Matt Ryan only won in Philadelphia, I think, in 2012. That was it. Mm. He in 20 in 20 uh, 2008 got beat. 2009 was at home, but Matt Ryan didn't even play that game, so that doesn't even count. Um, 2010 got smacked. 2012 <laughs> he got that victory over Vic. That Falcon Twitter didn't know what to do. Um, yeah, I remember then, they did. Then there that was, was here though. That was here in Atlanta though. That was 2011, but 2012 they went to Philly, oh, and, okay, yeah. and if if you there's there's there was a there, I think there was a touchdown to like Drew Davis. I mean Matt Matt Ryan was throwing to everybody. Everybody had a touchdown that game. Oh. Um, then then you you go to uh, 2015 and or 2016, which was a great season, right? 2016 was MVP season. Still right. lost to Philly. So playing in Philly for the Falcons has just been it's been hard in general. It's never been an easy. And play. guess what we have to do next year? Go to Philly. <laughs> Go to Philly. Isn't that just 
And going to Green Bay, which is not, I mean, playing Green Bay at home for the Falcons, that's, that's a breeze. But uh, on the road, it's a different story. And at this we point, the, the Packers can't stand but for Phil, the I don't Falcons know. struggle Dan with those, Quinn, those cold weather games. They even struggle against the Giants, man. Dan mm. Quinn owns them. Man. I'm, I'm not for, worried about Green Bay. Eh, I, I'm not, but he can't own them for but for so long, you know, till they figure it out, man. So he knows how to he knows how to bother Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that same strategy that we use against Aaron Rodgers, we should have used against Nick Foles and the Eagles, and but whatever, you know. <sighs> We love making quarterbacks look like MVPs. I know that's right. Yeah. Well, well, the last time that uh, Aaron Rodgers was in Atlanta, I gave away my my super, my ticket playoff tickets and he won. And then they went on to win the Super Bowl. So I don't know about that. All right, fellas, this, we got we really got to wrap this up, man. We're going on pretty long. So everybody, well, Aries, you said you were watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm watching it. Right. Just for the commercials, I'll be jumping up. And moving around during the game, and then once the commercials come on, then I'm sitting down in my seat. So <laughs> about, every time he sees the Hardy's commercials, be like, "Yeah, that's my that's my shit." <laughs> what What about you, LG? Oh What's yeah, Hardy's? I watch it, man. I watch it just because it's football, right? <laughs> you, I'm gonna watch it too. You know why? Nope. I want to see if Jenna Jackson gonna make an appearance, man, with that with that fake fake Justin <laughs> Timber fake. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Maybe we'll no, see. but what's Hardy's? <laughs> what? <laughs> he just now got on to that. <laughs> I was messing with you and saying Hardy's is where you work at. I know you don't work at Hardy's. I know you got a big time job. I know you work at In and Out Burger. Excuse me, but, bitch. No, but what's, I've never heard of what's, what's Hardy's. I've never Are heard of that. Are you serious? Oh no, yeah, Hardy's is um yeah they call it they call it oh, um, in a. In a Carl oh, out there. Oh, Carl Jr. Oh, yeah. They call it Hardy's. Oh, okay. Same thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> crap food, crap burgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that mushroom burger is delicious. <laughs> Fuck you, McDonald's. All right, guys. Uh, we'll start wrapping it up here. Appreciate you guys coming Alrighty. in and uh, giving us your take, man. And hopefully, uh, these birds can figure it out. I sound like a broken record, you know? Mm-hmm. Next year, yeah, it's always next year, man. And that seems to be the theme of the state, man. I don't know if it's the sports gods that just don't like us or whatever, but uh, maybe we'll get it right one day. Yeah, man. No, now, 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 Falcons Twitter wants to be fake woke and say there's no such thing as curses, but okay. We'll just... <laughs> Falcons Twitter is stupid. Falcons Twitter has been stupid since 2013. It ain't made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just start. I, we got people saying the Georgia Dome should have been a Michael Vick museum. That was real. That happened. Someone said that. Uh, wow. You know, people saying fire Dan Quinn, resign right. Vic to be a backup. Um, you know, all kind of stuff. And I'm, sick of, I'm sick of Matt Ryan. It's time to finally trade him. <laughs> the only thing I say when it comes to refining Matt Ryan's replacement, I think in in a few years, then the Fal- the Falcons should take a chance on Justin Fields who's about to be a freshman at UGA I think hmm. by that point he should be the job oh my lord have mercy let's just wait to see if Justin Fields can just steal the job coming into this season we'll see Jake Fromm is going to win the Fromm, Super Bowl Fromm did, a, yeah, Fromm did a decent job according to the Georgia fan base so 
Now we really get ahead of ourselves. Oh, y'all love talking about horrible theme pun here, huh? <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, aren't you a tech fan that does that bippity boppity crap in the third quarter? <laughs> you, you know I'm a tech fan. Stop playing, D. Stop playing. He's a heck of an yeah, engineer. When, when, um, when was the Georgia Tech Bowl game? I must have missed that one. I didn't see that. We all missed that one. We all missed that one, that weak-ass ACC schedule. Next time, next time UGA wants to beat Tech, can y'all make sure that we get Paul, y'all get Paul Johnson fired after it? Like, y'all are doing a horrible job at getting our coach fired. I'm really trying to let them go. You know what, though? I've been thinking the same thing myself for about two seasons. Like, why are you still keeping that dude around? Like, he is garbage. All y'all coaches in trouble. Y'all got y'all basketball coach getting in trouble, y'all football coach. Oh, my God. He's going deep now. Oh, Lord. Go ahead. Preach, Deacon. I am the loser. Right. What is Georgia State? What's worse? Not making the ball Georgia game State. or losing to a person off the bench in a national championship? First of all, that little boy is, I don't know where he came from. Wow. I don't yeah, know, that, I don't know yeah. who that little boy was. That was crazy. He got, uh, that, he got Marcus Mariota blood. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know where he came from, but that little boy came out to cut and tore George. <laughs> I, I think, I, honestly, I don't know, on second and 26, call, why'd you call cover two, man? Call cover four. Prevent. You I call, agree. Call, I agree. Call the infamous Dan Quinn prevent that Falcons <laughs> fans hate and you still would have won. Or something. Maybe. But, you know. I, that, that touchdown wouldn't happen. Georgia State, the school I go to, the school where I am the sports director, Georgia State won their bowl game. And that's the school I attend. I don't go to UGA. So I'm good. <laughs> the Georgia State Panthers won a championship over here. I don't know what Tech doing. Wow. Hey, We're gonna have I will say this Georgia about Georgia. Georgia did a better game of playing in uh, in, a, in a championship game than the Falcons did last year in the Super Bowl. And I know the Falcons had that twenty-eight to three lead, but if you look at the if you look at the you know the the, the Georgia game, I mean they dominated most of the game, and they just came down to one bad defensive call because I think everybody in in their household was like. Why are you guys not playing prevent? Why are you guys not playing a better defense? But whatever. Like I said yeah. before, our state, I don't know if we're cursed or the sports gods hate us, man. We keep going through this type of stuff, man. <laughs> year after year after year. Since, what, 96? <laughs> but anyway. Oh, and the Braves, like. the Braves won in what, 90? <laughs> yeah. what, what year was the Braves won? I think 95. 95, but that was a controversial yeah. season, though. That was the short season, right? That was the short season. So even people can still talk trash about that. Whatever year the Braves won, that was the short season. That was the strike season. Right. I can say now that's not even getting to the Hawks. Yeah, that's not getting no. Please. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Yes, that's a that's a whole other podcast, man. I mean a whole other podcast. <laughs> and yeah. and don't let the Hawks coach leak up with uh Sarkeesian because they'll be drinking together. <laughs> that is true. That is true. He does look like he's been drinking all the time. I mean, the Hawks coach. Man. Well, he got that DUI before the season even started his first year. And his eyes are always bloodshot. All right. I'm not going to talk to <laughs> coach like that. All right, guys. Uh, well, I want to wrap it up, man. Thanks, you guys, for listening to our probably one of our last shows of this season. We may do a draft show or. You know, well, man, with the way that, with the way this show ended, we probably need to come back and battle it out more. <laughs> I don't with know. Everybody, it was too much for hoops. So, 
But uh, I want to thank uh, everybody for coming in. First of all, I want to thank uh, Mr. Sam Logan for uh, coming in and giving his uh, opinion about this season. I know Sammy's always following the birds. Uh, Sammy, you want to give a shout out to any uh, people to check you out on? Yeah, you know, you can follow me on Twitter, Sammy underscore socialite. Check out my blog, Pass the Pen. That's about it. All right. I've seen I've seen some of your pictures on uh, social media, Sammy. Oh, They're kind of questionable. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> some of my pictures. <laughs> All right, we move on. And uh, <laughs> David, yeah, they are questionable. <laughs> Mr. Uh, David, I want to thank you, David, <laughs> for coming on, man. I really enjoy, we really enjoyed talking to you, man. You have a, definitely a great insight on Georgia sports, man, and. Uh, where can uh, people want to check out your stuff? What can they check you out at? So uh, you can follow me on all social media at Deacon underscore Sheely, uh, with Sheely being spelled S-C-H-I-E-L-E. Again, that is S-C-H-I-E-L-E, Deacon underscore Sheely. That is on Twitter and on Instagram, uh, but I don't really post it. Well, I post about sports on on Instagram, but it's never really about the Falcons. It's mostly uh, what I do with Georgia State. Um, so follow follow Primetime Sports. That's the show that I am the director of, team leader, uh, all those things. I'm you know I'm I'm the head guy. Uh, you can follow that. You can follow the show on Twitter at Prime Sports, and that's sports with a Z at the end. At Prime Sports, subscribe to us on YouTube, Primetime Sports. Uh, I, I'm also with Action Sports and News, so you can follow them. I think that is Action Sports the number one. So Action Sports one uh, on Twitter. Um, a lot of the pictures there get stolen. Keanu Neal, Tevin <laughs> Coleman have stolen the pictures taken of them and put them on Instagram with no uh, credit. So, I mean, that means there's Ouch. good work. It, it's good work because the Falcons are like, oh, yeah, this is lit. And they post it. So um, <laughs> follow that as well. So that, that's where that's where I'm at. And uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, having me on. No, pro- That's Ooh. what I call a plug. <laughs> yeah, that's what I call a plug, too. And, and Rocky, make sure we uh, follow those guys so that I can battle it out with them all year long. We are following them, sir. <laughs> thank we you, are. sir. I never go to my Twitter account, but thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> but uh, all right, cool, cool. And uh, last but certainly not least, we have Mr. Aries Falcon. Thank you, sir, for definitely jumping in this season. And uh, and we, you know, we enjoy your videos, man. So tell the people where they can check you out in your commentaries. Yeah, man, you can follow me on Twitter at FalconFan77. And also, you can follow me on YouTube at Aries Falcon. So, yeah, I mean, youtube.com backslash Aries Falcon. So, there it is. And look me up, man. Like, subscribe, and share. And if you can't find him there, um, you can always find him at the drive thru. Yeah, I don't want to hear. Find him there. No, no, no. All right, man. And you, know, you guys know where you can catch us on, uh, if, you know, What's Up Falcons on Twitter and SoundCloud and at whatsupfalcons.com. All right, guys. we got to wrap this up. If there's anything else, we're going to wrap it up. Anybody, anything else? That's it, guys. It was a good show. <laughs> hey, Caitlin. It's good to see you, man. Maybe, maybe we'll see hey. you. <laughs> we'll I'm see glad you. to be here. Well, who, we'll, who, who's been uh, Harvey Weinstein me? That's why he he bailed out earlier today. But hey, 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 I'm here. <laughs> All right, Caitlin. Well, uh, Caitlin, we'll we'll probably talk to you more next season. We hope we missed you this year. Hey, I'll be there. All right. If that is it, I will talk to you guys on the next show. Oh, yeah.
All right. Peace. Thank you, guys. Peace. All right. No problem. See ya. See ya. Subscribe to the What's Up Falcons podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Listen to the What's Up Falcons podcast at whatsupfalcons.com. Thank you.